Hello, welcome everyone, new listeners, old listeners, welcome to Suelta La Sopa with your girl, Rosy. So I know I've been super MIA and inconsistent, but man, it's been a year, it's been some emotionally draining months and my creativity has just gone down and no tengo las ganas como no me sale no me sale la chispa no me sale that those imagine imaginative juices come out you know so here in this next episode um i decided to talk about daddy issues because it's something that i i realize that sometimes they do come they have shown up in previous relationships and that's some of my toxicity and i asked some of my some of my listeners some of my followers what daddy issues look like and um it was a variety of different things but without further ado here here's a suelta la sopa la sopa de la semana daddy issues hey we are back so um as you might or might have not seen i'm doing quickies and quickies are going to be short episodes where it's just myself whereas um the longer episodes are going to be uh with somebody else or other folks so this week's quickie is daddy issues yo i feel like daddy issues that phrase in itself is get gets thrown around too often and it the pressure is put on the the girl the female the woman where it's why are we not analyzing that these men are creating a, a long-term trauma for these young women you know what i mean that's the real issue so so and that's just to start that off. But so I, I asked everybody on my Instagram what daddy issues were or what they thought of when they, when they heard daddy issues. And as always, as always, you all had something to say. And here are your the responses. Everybody has daddy issues. Very similar to abandonment issues. Ugh. Constantly needing a man's love and attention. Trauma. Trusting men. <laughs> Lots of childhood trauma. Men issues. Chronic toxic masculinity. Especially from those who hold paternal places in our lives. Neglecting. Poor relationships. Inappropriate relationships. Drama with the baby daddy. Girls getting blamed for the impact of their father's unresolved trauma. Being interested in older men. Dad left, so you're a relationship addict or can't commit. Can't commit. And excuse me if I have a little slur um, or I sound a little bit different, but I got my wisdom teeth out two days ago, so I sound a little different. Excuse me for that. So, So, I think, honestly, daddy issues gets, like I said, gets thrown around. Como si nada, but do we really know what that means? You know? 
it gets tossed around. And I think most people, but most people um, doing the tossing are, are, are not even sure what that is, right? It's just an easy way to cover up some sort of relationship issue going on or some sort of toxic behavior, quote unquote, okay? So what does it, what does it even mean? So it's hard to even say. Because daddy issues isn't an official medical term or is it recognized as a disorder in the recent edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5. So that's the, the manual that um, psychologists and uh, psychiatrists use um, to diagnose folks. Okay, so, so let's just first look at where did this concept originate. So a lot of people aren't sure, but... The consensus seems that it dates back to Freud and his father complex. And this term, it was, he created this term to describe a person who has unconscious impulses and associations as a result of a poor relationship with their father. And from this theory came the the Oedipus complex and that that theory that children have a subconscious attraction to their opposite sex parent. So the Oedipus complex refers specifically to boys, but the Electra complex is used to describe the same theory, but is applied to girls and their fathers. So there's a little history there. So if you really look at quote unquote daddy issues, we're looking at how women or young women are relating to their partners in intimate sexual relationships, right? But if you look at it, we all are attaching to our intimate sexual relationships due to our childhood, right? So how we were taken care of as kids, we learn, oh, this is love, oh, this is health, oh, this is how I attach to people, right? And then we get older, and that's the lens that we we have, and that's how we start building relationships. So that then takes me to the attachment styles. So attachment styles, some people may or may not have heard of them. So attachment styles are, or attachment theory, is a psychological, evolutionary, and ethological theory concerning relationships between humans. Um, and the most important part of this is that young children need to develop a relationship with at least one primary caregiver for normal social and emotional development. So basically how we are raised or how our primary caregiver or givers, um, how they establish our social and emotional development, that is how we are going to later connect relate attach in our adult relationships okay so there are four attachment styles those attachment styles are secure anxious avoidant dismissive and avoidant fearful so secure is one you can trust fairly easy is attuned to emotions can communicate upsets directly leads with cooperative and flexible behavior in relationships. Now, anxious has a sensitive nervous system, struggles communicating 
needs directly, tends to act out when triggered, i.e. makes partner jealous. Now, avoidant dismissive is downplays importance of relationships, is usually extremely self-reliant, can become more vulnerable with can become more vulnerable when there's a big crisis. And then avoidant fearful is more dependent in relationships than avoidant dismissive. Strongly fears rejection, has low self-esteem, and has high anxiety in relationships. So, and there's a dozen, if not a bunch of different um, websites, excuse me, that can um, help you or have quizzes and they measure and test where you, um, which theory you far, fall into. So there's that. So I'm thinking now, you know, like those are the, th- those are the attachment styles, right? So these are how, again, how we attach to people, how we see our relationships, right? Because if you look at daddy issues, it's really how we're attaching to people, right? And I think <clears throat> it's not just daddy issues. It can be, um, it can be, uh, what, what is it? It can be your, your mommy, your grandma, your granddad. Those are all issues. Those are all the, the caregivers and how they affected you as a child. And it's not just a female thing. I think everyone wants to be with somebody right at the end we are meant we are put on this earth for love to give love and be love and first we need to figure out what love is i think it's an action right it is a verb as i've said many many times so how we are attaching is very very important so it doesn't matter what sex and gender you're assigned at birth or how you identify your relationship with your caregivers will always, always have some influence on the way you approach and deal with your adult relationships. The way a person's issues presents might not look exactly the same. And the so-called daddy issues could actually be mommy, grandma, or granddad issues or something else entirely. No one is immune. So if that's the case, why is this concept so gendered, Right? That's an easy answer. That's an easy question. Patriarchy, right? I think any negative or uncomfortable behavior towards a man is going to be labeled negatively, and has no and have no accountability, and no and men will not have any accountability. Excuse me, right? Patriarchy says you know every behavior that the woman has needs to be, um, it needs to be accommodating uh, towards men. You know, it needs to be approval, uh, the, have the approval of men. Um, so when these daddy issues are coming up, when someone is quote unquote needy, is attracted to older men, is very sexual, um, has a lot of trauma, no one wants to be around that. And so they get labeled as daddy issues. When in reality, a lot of those issues are, are stemmed from, as one of my, as one of the answers said, is just unreasonable. The trauma put on young girls from the unresolved trauma that their fathers had and carried all their life. And you know, I had that, I think, <clears throat> not too long ago, I, I real, it was like a big light bulb. It's like, oh shit, I ha- 
have this because my father never went to therapy. He never resolved his own upbringing, his own childhood trauma. And here I am, afraid of men abandoning me, abandoning me. Or, or when they abandon me, I blame it. I blame myself that I did something wrong. I will take a hundred percent accountability on choosing the same men with the same fucking patterns emotionally unavailable um jerks emotionally abusive at times I think those are very, very, very important for me to even say that out loud. Emotionally unavailable. And I think my father was that. He was emotionally unavailable. He was having kids and couldn't. And using drugs because he had unresolved trauma. But he was making these babies. And was not emotionally available to them. So here I am dating now. Emotionally unavailable men. And trying to take care of them. Like I need to take care of them. Something is wrong with them. And no, I'm not. A therapist no more i am done being that for men like in a relationship both show up flawed vulnerable and ready to to give love and but to also to take accountability to see how i'm falling short and not expecting the other person to fix you right so um also just you know i, I remember i, I parties or at gatherings if there was a very sexually liberated woman or i'm the sexually liberated woman i always heard you know slut hoe this and that and then daddy issues she just wants attention because she's got some daddy issues she needs some validation from these men because her father wasn't in the picture and so she sexualizes herself no actually no i know many women who have great relationships with their fathers or just because they have a shitty relationship with their father not every negative emotion, negative behavior is connected to her toxic relationship with her father. Like, no, sometimes just life happens and we, 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 we start behaving in certain ways. Yes, our childhood does play an important part, but things happen as adults too. And that will also impact how we connect, how we behave in our relationships. So there's that uh, so also when we talk about daddy issues it's typically a way to dehumanize a woman's needs or desires um some people even use this term to slut shame so and this is a quote from a therapist um dr let's see dr Jeanette brito phd oh yeah she's a latina she's really really cool um i really really like her Mm-hmm. Um. so for example if a woman desires a sexual intimacy with men it must be because she has daddy issues in other words sometimes something must be wrong for her to for her to desire sex uh, daddy issues could also mean that a woman desires a strong attachment with a man dr rollo says adding that in these cases using the term is minimizing a woman's basic needs in a relationship. Again, Rollo emphasizes that anyone can have attachment wounds from not having strong relationship with their parents, and even if the term is usually reserved for females. So, and I really want to emphasize that daddy issues could also mean that a woman desires a strong attachment with a man. 
But using this term is minimizing a woman's needs in a relationship. Just any need that she has, you can't just say, oh, it's daddy issues. Like, no, let's dig deep what is really going on. We all have wounds. We all have childhood wounds. We just have to recognize them and how they're manifesting in our in our adult relationships. So, all this to say, or another question is, how might it affect your sexual identity and behavior? So, a poor relationship with a caregiver would can definitely affect your sexual behavior. But if and how it affects a person's sexual identity is, is mixed. Um, also, several, of stu- several studies have linked last involved or absentee fathers to everything from early puberty to increased sexual activity. That doesn't mean it only fe- that only females whose issues can equate to baggage in the bedroom, though. Males who didn't get a chance to identify with their fathers might be insecure about their masculinity. So this type of insecurity insecurity that further that's further fueled by pressure based on gender norms might make someone shy away from dating and sex. Or it can lead to, you know, compensating by engaging in overly macho or aggressive behavior. Okay? Also, according to the CDC, poor parent poor parent child relationships particularly with fathers is one of the risk factors linked to greater likelihood of perpetuating sexual violence um and of course not everyone with a shitty relationship with their dad is going to become a sexual predator and daddy issues is also also aren't aren't at the heart of every person's choices when it comes to sex everyone is allowed to create the sex life that they desire at the end and your sex life shouldn't be pathologized as long as, as long as it's within your value system and not harmful to your life, right? Uh, so, so then how do you identify or how do you differentiate between a healthy sex plan and underlying a father complex or, or wounds or childhood wounds? So Um, Dr. Rolo um, understands that healthy sex can look uh, like a lot of things. Role-playing, for example, is is more common than many uh, realize. Wanting to slip into a naughty nurse costume and take care of your partner is just as valid as exploring a daddy-dom or little girl dynamic. So just because someone is interested in these kind of sexual behavior doesn't mean that they have some trauma. You know, I remember I had a friend once say like, oh my God, I really like to be abused a lot in the bedroom. Is something wrong with me? And I've heard that multiple times actually. And it's like, no, I think that your sex life is is, is something completely different and your fantasies are different, right? So me who had childhood sexual abuse, just because I want to be abused, does that mean I'm broken because I, I desire that because I was actually abused? No, it's just a fantasy that I had that. I may have, right? Okay. So, so then how do you identify uh, healthy relationships? I mean, it, I think it's also really looking and taking inventory of your life, of your sex life, of your relationships. How are you showing up for yourself first and foremost? How are you showing up for others? And when I mean showing up, how are you acting for yourself? How are you incorporating and accepting 
how are you accepting yourself how are you incorporating self-love how are you motivated inspired how are you taking care of your emotional physical spiritual needs and how are you doing that for the people that you love do you constantly judge sabotage uh don't avoid therapy um how are you you know so it's like really taking inventory of 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 yourself and your relationships so at the end we all have some sort of childhood wounds and they can manifest in negative unhealthy patterns in our adult relationships that's not always the case so take a look at yourself what are your daddy issues do you have them what do they look like oh and what is your attachment style all right y'all i hope you all walk away with something i hope during this whole 2020 you're taking inventory of yourself and your relationships and I hope that you 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 can, and if you want and need to get that therapy, because that definitely works wonders. But you can do, you can take care of yourself. Doing small things like journaling, moving your body, laughing, watching something funny, making time to be by yourself, making time to connect with your loved ones. Anyways. I will talk to you all soon. Have a great weekend and besitos.